Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Never get a chance to see Modest Mouse live. Do it. I've told the story before, but I'll tell it again. I was at the Big Sky Amphitheater uh, a little while ago. I guess this is when I first started working at Missoula Broadcasting Company, so circa 2017. It was a late September show. It was uh, abnormally cold. Well, I guess not abnormal if you're from Montana, but uh, <laughs> abnormally cold for a touring music act played an outdoor venue, and uh, Isaac Brock head guy at Modest Mouse who actually has Montana roots. He couldn't get his guitar in tune. Anybody that follows Modest Mouse and then knows about that band, uh, Isaac Brock, is uh, he's an emotional guy. And so Modest Mouse, they exit the stage. They're not on the stage for quite some time. People are wondering if the concert's over. But then they come back out and they let it rip, and it was an exceptional show, really fun, and uh, that's how you do it as a performer. Speaking of performers... 
the main performer on this show, Ryan Tutel, he's not here. He's uh, probably prepping himself to feed his face tomorrow, as most of us are. But Coulter Nuanas here with you, ride you on into your holiday weekend. We are not on the air Thursday or Friday, but we do have a ton of games scheduled for you right here on 129 ESPN Missoula. And if you're watching us right now, SWX Montana Television, thanks for being with us around the great state of Montana. If you ever want to listen to us live, you can check us out on the website, 1029ESPN.com. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Check it out on the podcast. Just go to 1029ESPN.com. That's where you find the stream and the podcast. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. First hour, we heard from Travis DeCure, University of Montana men's basketball. We also heard from Mike Petrino, the head coach of the Lady Grizz. And we also heard from Trisha Binford, head coach of Montana State's women's team. Now... We go to Danny Sprinkle. His team also open up their season tonight about two and a half hours away. They open up at UNLV, and that's this is Sprinkle's second season at the helm for his alma mater. Talked to him last week. This is our Coach's Corner, presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. Well, happy now to welcome in, for the first time, heading into the 2020-21 season, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcat men's basketball team, our coach's corner, presented by Opportunity Bank, Danny Sprinkle, joining us. And Coach, first of all, we really appreciate you being here. We know, you know, just in advance of the start of the season and for taking the time out, thanks very much. And we know that this has been, obviously, an offseason and a lead-up to a season unlike any other, as challenging as it gets. But now that you're on the precipice of actually playing basketball, how good does it feel to think, man, like we're, we are at least looks like going to have, like, some games here. That's pretty great, right? It is, it is great, uh, you know, especially just after the, the longest – eight months of any of our lives, you know, and our guys not even knowing if we're going to have a season. And, and now they kind of see the, see a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and, uh, you know, and now tomorrow, obviously we have a, you know, a really talented UNLV team, uh, to get ready for. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's exciting. It's exciting for, for everybody in the country, you know, just to have something other than, you know, some NFL football on now they can watch a little college basketball, hopefully on the, on the tube. I'm oh, sorry, Ryan had my mic off. Uh, I, I know, I know that most coaches it's kind of in your nature to think, "Hey, we're not, we're not where I want us to be." No matter what the, the scenario is, no matter what in any year, but now it seems as if that's a prevalent thing across all sports. But at the same time, everybody's going through the same thing. So, how do you balance those two things when you're evaluating your team and the progress you've made? I mean, how do you not say, "Hey, we're so far behind," but maybe everybody's so far behind as well? It it, it is, and. Uh, you know, as, as a coach, you, you never think you're where you need to be, um, but there's it could never be more true than this year. Now, the the one thing that is kind of inconsistent with this year is is some teams haven't had that many COVID cases yet, so they've been practicing you know for the last you know six to eight weeks, and they've had their players so like they've gotten a good chunk of practice in where there's been some teams that have been just devastated with it, who have not had their whole you know team they haven't been able to go five on five they haven't been able to scrimmage and do things so you know the first you know six weeks of the season is going to be really interesting interesting to see kind of where where teams are at how much of their offense and defense they have in and you know hopefully by the new year you know everybody's kind of you know at full capacity with their staffs and with their players and and hopefully we can get through a, a conference season 
you know, Coach, when it comes to assessing your team and, and you continue to bring in quite a number of new guys, some transfers, some young guys that are there, and yet you're you're not able to assess them the way you normally would. And sometimes you can go full and sometimes it's limited, but how do you go about trying to decide if this guy is is ready to go or not? Or do you just got to roll out there, you know, starting with UNLV and let guys play and see kind of how the chips fall? Like, how do you go about that as a staff? Yeah, well, we're going to find out tomorrow against UNLV because some of these guys, we're just going to have to throw them out there. You know, we, uh, you know, we, we've, we've kind of been unfortunate. You know, I, I don't know what a lot of these new guys can do. Um, you know, we, we haven't been able to, to go up and down as a full team with more than 10 players in a long time. And, uh, you know, thank God tomorrow night, we only need to have five guys on the court. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they'll be able to at least have a couple subs here and there, but it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting, you know, and, and, you know, we're going to be an ever evolving team. Like, a lot of coaches can can be this year, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting from a from a chemistry standpoint, kind of. And then who who plays when the lights come on, and even when they can play when the lights come on, how long can they play for? You know, what kind of shape and condition are they in? You know, to be able to play in a, in a high level Division One game. Are you going to have a jersey under that suit coat? Because I mean, you <laughs> might you might have to be like the eighth or ninth guy in the rotation, right? Hey, I'll tell you what, UNLV's got a couple shooters, David Jenkins and these guys, that they would love to see me come on the court because they would score about <laughs> 75 points. I'll tell you that right now. I will not be chasing anybody off screens or any of that right now. So, uh, Well, Coach, i got to give you a compliment here. In my year of observing you, you're one of the more patient coaches I've seen, and I think that that's a testament to you, and I think it's going to serve you well as you rebuild that Montana State program. But that's my question. When you're talking about evaluating guys, it seems as if you have to have more patience than ever as a coach because you know you, this guy might not have practiced for three weeks, so or you know this guy might have been out, or this guy, you know they, they've never played together with another guy. How do you go about? emphasizing the patience aspect of it. Do you think this process has sort of ironically even made you even an even more patient coach? It, it has. I mean, I think my players, I don't, I don't know if they would agree with you that I'm patient, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those where you kind of, you have to have perspective of kind of what's going on right now. And even as coaches, as much as I get, you know, angry about not having my whole team at practice, not being able to have them in great shape, not feeling like we're completely prepared to go to UNLV and Pacific and, and to play right now. Like you have to think of the bigger problems that are going on in the country right now in the world. And yeah, a college basketball practice really isn't that important when you look at some of the emergency rooms across the country, but we do have a job to do. We do have to be ready to play tomorrow night against UNLV. And I understand that. Uh, but it's also given me a perspective of, you know, kind of what's important and yeah, we have to get these guys in shape. We have to have them ready to play, but we also have to make sure that we're putting them in an environment where they can continue to be healthy and they can succeed also. And if that takes a little bit longer than we expected, we have to be fluid and be able to change on a moment's notice. You know, we might wake up tomorrow to play UNLV, and the game might not be happening. We don't know. Right. The way 2020 is going, who knows what's going to go on. So we have to, you know, as a leader of the program, I, I have to be ready. I have to be prepared for every situation that 
that could present itself. Danny Sprinkle joining us, head coach of the Montana State Bobcat men's basketball team, opening their season, uh, hopefully, optimistically, tomorrow at UNLV. Yep. Coach, we're going to come back to some of the scheduling stuff and just the season as it's laying out there, but I wanted to ask you a couple questions about recruiting in this season because uh, you announced uh, last week or so, a couple weeks ago, four new incoming guys from for, for next year's class uh, that I know that you're excited about. Anytime you have a recruiting class with a man named Great, you know it's going to be excellent, so well done there. Um, but... I'm so interested in this because it's a zero year as well for everybody on your team. You got right now, by my count, 15 guys on your roster. You add four more to that. That's a lot of dudes, right? And who knows what happens with some of the upperclassmen if they graduate and what they might do. So I know that that's an open question. But how do you navigate this with bringing in a new class and the potential, right, that that everybody could return conceivably that's on your roster right now? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the biggest challenge for all basketball coaches this year and football coaches for that matter. Um, you know, th- there, there's so many different legislations, I guess, that are coming out. You know, there's going to be the one-time transfer rule that's going to come out in January. Uh, I think, you know, you're going to see kids switching teams like crazy, which I don't agree with. Um, you know, I, I still like the, you know, if you transfer you sit out a year and then go forward. But, you know, I just, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting rule, but the way we wanted to approach it is I just like the character and the talent of these four young guys. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're starting a program like we are and, and trying to develop, you know, the mindset and the culture and, and the community, just kind of everything that we want to entail, you know, I didn't think we could pass up on these four kids that, that wanted to be at Montana state. You know, they had other options. They wanted to come to Montana State. And I just think I, I love their size, their, you know, their athletic ability, their way to shoot, and just the type of people they are. And I, I just think those are the type of kids you win with. And uh, now, you know, we're going to have some decisions that we have to make at the end of the year. During this last offseason, since the Bobcats last took the court, you guys have added, I think, five transfers, including Xavier Bishop, who sat out last year, and then some freshmen as well. And I, I thought that the comment you made on this show a while back was so good. You said, hey, I'm not here to analyze the trends of society as much as I'm here to try to just embrace what we have in front of us. The way of the world is that a lot of your guys are going to leave every single offseason. You're going to bring in a lot of guys every single offseason. But it, yep. seemed, it seems like you're attacking the recruiting model from both sides, right? You bring a bunch of transfers in the spring. Now you sign four, uh, four or five-year guys uh, in the early period. So is that part of the strategy is, is fortifying the ranks from both ends, getting the four- and five-year guys as well as getting guys off the transfers that you can as well? No, no question. No question. And Because you, you do want to stay older. Um, but I, I think with – you know, and that's one of the reasons we signed these four young guys is, is I like our young guys. You know, I like, you know, Jabril Bello, who's only a junior, you know, and with the zero year, you know, he could have three years left with us, you know, uh, Borja Fernandez, who had a great freshman year, you know, the two freshmen we have right now, Kellen Tynes and Tyler Patterson, I think they're going to be really good players. You know, one of the transfers that we signed last spring, Nick Gazelas, he, he was a, tra- he was a, he has three years left. So he was a JC transfer, but, he was a qualifier, so he only played one year. So it was basically like signing, you know, somebody in the same class as Caleb Belich and Borja. And so, you know, we're going to have those guys back for, you know, a couple of years. And I think now when you can kind of infuse some young talent and let them, you know, grow, I, I think that's where, 
you know, University of Montana and Eastern Washington have been really successful. You know, Northern Colorado in our league. You know, when they have those players for three, four, or five years, you know, that's when you can get some stability and some consistency. And then after that, the turnover is not as much after the first three, four, or five years. And hopefully that's the case here. Danny Sprinkle joining us in the coach's corner, head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team. Coach, they say necessity is the mother of invention, right? And this this offseason, it has been necessary to be as inventive as you've probably ever had to be in every aspect of, of what you do professionally, your job as a, a head basketball coach. Is there anything that has happened or that you've developed where you go, hey, Man, when this COVID thing is over, I still might do this. I might this uh, this actually we might institute into you know our world as coaches and as a team going forward. Is that as any sort of silver lining like that come out? I think we you know with the Zoom and the WebEx, you know, technology. You know, I think that it's a huge advantage. You know, especially if you're recruiting in Europe or you know really anywhere because Montana, you know most of the recruiting that we do, you know, even if there is a couple kids in Montana, like you still got to recruit the entire country and the entire world. And so, you know, being able to, to jump on a zoom call with, you know, somebody in Florida or London, California, you know, and, and being able to, you know, basically they can see everybody in person, you know, almost like a FaceTime call, I guess. But, you know, I, I think that's really become a benefit. And I think, you know, universities are going to be able to use that a lot more, to save on the budget. Um, you know, I think the NCAA might even institute some rules to where, you know, they limit official visits for kids. And so, you know, it gives you a little chance to have a little more face time with, you know, with parents and recruits, which I think we'll take advantage of and doing vir- virtual tours of campus. Um, you know, so I, that'd probably be the, the main thing that we'll take from it. Uh, you know, you got to, ton of international players have you had to do any like uh 3 a.m zoom calls because you got a kid on his lunch break in turkey and you got to recruit this kid so you got to be <laughs> you know up at oh dark 30 and ready to go for their daytime yes yep in fact we uh <laughs> watch we uh me and coach has we've actually watched a couple games yo at you know 6 37 a.m on sunday mornings you know mm. got together and watched those and uh, because sometimes they're still playing games and overseas, they don't care if it's Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Saturday, they just, they just, if there's a game that day, they play. And, uh, you know, if the game's at three o'clock over there, you know, it might be 6 a.m. over here. So, you know, just letting those kids know how important they are that, you know, when we are recruiting them that, you know, Hey, yeah, we did get up at 6 a.m. and, and watch you play. And, and then we'll talk to them after the game. But yeah, there's a, there's definitely some great, or even calls, you know, sometimes you got to call them, you know, before their practice. And it might be 5.30 a.m. It might be 7.30 a.m. And so, uh, our time, that is. And so, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy when you're recruiting globally. Last question for you, Coach. The big news of the week on the overall college basketball scale, the men's basketball world, is the NCAA moving to a single-site, neutral-site, one-site tournament for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I know Montana State that and, and every other program in the country, that is your number one goal. So what do you think of that just overall? Does it have any effect on you directly right now, or what do you just think of the prospects of it being at a single site and chasing that NCAA tournament bid like you guys will this spring and, or this winter and spring? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it has an effect on us right now. I hope it has an effect on us in March 
Right. You know, I, I don't care where we go play. <laughs> right. um, but I, I, I do think that it's the, uh, I think it's the right move by the NCAA to do that. Um, you know, almost kind of develop kind of like the NBA did with, with the bubble in Orlando, you know, just, they're going to have it in Indianapolis. You know, I haven't looked, researched it too much. Like, I don't know how long it's going to be or if they're just going to kind of keep teams there for a month and a half, if they just keep winning and get to the final four or if our game's still going to be every Thursday, Saturday, or just kind of every other day, like the NBA playoffs. But, you know, hopefully we do have that problem come uh, come March. I'd love to try and navigate those problems, you know, being in the, back in the NCAA tournament. No question. Montana State second-year head coach Danny Sprinkle joining us on the Coach's Corner. Coach, best of luck with your opener tomorrow, and thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. So there you go. That concludes our – College basketball extravaganza. In the first hour, heard from Mike Petrino, head coach of Lady Grizz. His team fell 81-74 in their opener at Utah State. Heard a little bit from Travis DeCure, University of Montana men's basketball coach. His team set to open their season in Los Angeles Saturday night against USC. And then I heard from Trisha Benford, 16th-year head coach at Montana State, reigning Big Sky Conference coach of the year. Bobcat women, they got their season opener against South Dakota Mines canceled today. And uh, they'll be on the court for the first time, at least tentatively, December 6th against North Dakota. And then uh, you just heard there from Coach Danny Sprinkle. Two Tell Nuanas, 129 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, worldwide on the live stream or the YouTube channel. That was our Coach's Corner, presented by Opportunity Bank. They also present the live stream. If you go to 1029ESPN.com, click on Listen Live. Stream brought to you by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Here's what we're going to do. We got a lot to get to still. We still need to hear from Carolyn, uh, the uh, chick who doesn't know sports. Uh, So we're going to skip the Grizz Greats segment for right now. We're going to get out. We're going to get back with the chick who doesn't know sports. Then we might share some Joe Douglas with you. But either way, go to grizzgreats.com. Check out our Grizz Greats podcast series. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions Presented by Blackfoot Communications and First Security Bank. Chick who doesn't know sports next. Today's business phone systems are required to do more than just answer phone calls. A cloud-based or VoIP voice system from Blackfoot Communications simplifies your business communications while adding features and capabilities. Your staff, remote or in-house, can provide the service your customers expect. With zero upfront investment, your future phone system is available today. Call 541-5000 or visit blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot. Connect to more. At ESPN Missoula Sports Center, presented to you by Aaron Pignano of Exit Realty. Two total new ones, one tonight, ESPN Missoula. Stay wide, SWX Montana Television, worldwide on the YouTube channel or on the live stream. Go to 1029ESPN.com, click on Listen Live. Live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, you want to shoot me a text, whatever you want to do. 
All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. It's not Friday, but it feels like Friday because hopefully all of you out there have a four-day weekend. And hopefully a lot of you have already into your weekend. Maybe it's after 5 o'clock. So let's have a little bit of fun, huh? How does Gus do this? Should we try to do it like him? Hey, boys and girls. Hello, boys and girls. Hey, boys and girls. It's Wednesday. It's not Friday. It is Wednesday. We're not on the air on Friday, as we've been telling you. Hopefully, you're enjoying or getting ready to enjoy some family time or some alone time or whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. But we are still doing what we always do. Check who doesn't know sports. Even though it's not Friday, it's Wednesday. Chicken Who Doesn't Know Sports brought to us by the Iron Grizz. Carolyn, are you excited for Thanksgiving? I am ready to eat my weight in mashed potatoes. Ooh, you're a mashed taters gal. My sisters really enjoy the mashed taters as well. I think that'd be their last meals if they had one. Slathered in gravy. Mm, What else do you like? Turkey. Do you have any like special Thanksgiving? Is there anything that's like off off the traditional menu? No. Mm. Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, green beans... Pumpkin pie, cherry pie. Ooh, double Dutch pie. pie. Double pie. What, the, do you like pumpkin pie? Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah. That's my favorite. Seems to be the most controversial part of Thanksgiving. Why? Because you either love it or you hate it. How could anyone hate pumpkin pie? I hate pie? it. You do? I do. Do you like sweet potato pie? I don't. Do you like pecan pie? I don't like sweets, really. Oh, yeah. You're so weird. I like apple pie. Okay. I like apple pie. All right. Well. I am so weird. There's four I of don't us know why. with three pies. So <laughs> I don't know. All right, Carolyn, what do you got today? Well, my favorite. Turn that down a little bit. There you go. Tom yep, Brady. Nice. Oh, yeah. Tommy. Or should I call him Tom Baby? <laughs> I just made that up. What's Tom doing besides um, losing on well, Monday Night Football? Well, he lost on Monday Night Football and didn't even shake hands with the other QB. This is actually a thing. Yeah. There's some bad blood going on in multiple different areas. The Packers, I don't really know why, but really haven't shaken hands with anybody this year. And there's all this scuttle internally in the NFL that they're like the least sportsmanlike team. All the uh, hardcore Bears fans I know hate, I mean, obviously hate the Packers for natural rivalry reasons, but there's, I mean, if you go on like Bears Twitter, there's Bears people just blowing up how unsportsmanlike the Packers are. But then Tom Brady has walked off the field without shaking hands multiple times as well. He didn't shake hands with Aaron Rodgers when they whipped the Packers. I just think he didn't shake hands when he won. When he won either. Interesting, because I heard it was only when he lost. No, there's been both sides of this thing. Now, people are going to say it's because of the pandemic. Uh, He who did he shake hands with? He has shaken hands. I know. Uh So I continue my dislike and, um, you know, just basic hatred for Tom Brady. I got to be careful with the way that I phrase this, but. I do think that there's certain athletes that if there wasn't sports for them to channel their uh, singular mindset through, the personality traits that they encompass would be very detrimental to themselves and society. Yes. Tom Brady is an incredibly driven person, obviously. He's made it to this point in his career. You can love him or hate him or whatever. He's unbelievably successful, but his... um, his lack of 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 uh, anything but a just steadfast desire to win is is concerning. He doesn't have like the other sort of his personality, right? Yeah. Like he's very 
he's like dehumanized himself to pursue his competitiveness. I used to think this about Kobe Bryant too, but then Kobe Bryant evolved into such a more well-rounded person after basketball. But I think it's why you've seen partially Michael Jordan fade from the limelight because Michael Jordan for as great and as revered as he is. I mean, he is a, his, his level of ruthless competitiveness is unhealthy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't play well with others. Hard for that guy to have friends. <laughs> well, so then what kind of example is Tom Brady setting for his kids? Right. And I that annoys me. These people, like, you need to set a good example and, sh- and shake hands or do the elbow if you're concerned about COVID or whatever. I mean, you're on the field uh-huh. with the guy, but uh-huh. I just, uh, I just... I just, it makes me hate him even more. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that you can have these long-time star players, especially quarterbacks. You can have guys like Drew Brees. I know Drew, Drew Brees got some hot water for some of the stuff he said uh, this summer. But here and over there, Drew Brees is a very respectable guy. You can tell he's a great dad. You know, when he broke the passing record, he, you know, the moment he had with his kids, it was so awesome. I mean, it, like, made you want to cry. And Drew Brees has given back to his community. He he knows that he has a huge platform. He wants to set a good example. And I think a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of star athletes do. And then I think that there's certain guys that can't be bothered with anything besides like, winning, like Tom Brady. And I mean, listen, you know my love for Jim McMahon. <laughs> he was also kind of a, you know, tough guy uh, off the field. He wasn't the most kind human from what I remember as a kid. I remember him with his Ray-Bans. Play some time too. Right. It was the 80s. It was different. The 80s was totally different. But I think when you're at this level, you should set an example. And if you're a dad, you should set a good example. So Tom Brady, (laughs) sorry. It's, It's so amazing because I always think of it like this. It's undeniable that it's impressive to watch him perform. But would you want to be around Tom Brady in any other way? Ew, no, no, right? He sounds like a boring, horrible. But then human. you think of like Brett Favre. I would love to do a lot of stuff with Brett Favre. You know, go yeah. hunting, go fishing, watch a game, anything. Tom Brady would be Eat terrible to do it. exactly. Yeah, imagine like going to dinner with Tom Brady though. Ew, it'd be like I'll have the salad <laughs> and water. And he'd buy what does he drink? He drinks the the like ionized water or whatever. Yeah, he'd be awful. <laughs> I mean, if he was paying, maybe. I just think that it's going to be one of the most fascinating things in sports to see how it evolves, though, because we're reaching this this moment where, first of all, for all of sports history, guys really never played into their late 30s, let alone their early 40s. Guys were living much different lives. You know, most athletes were living more like the common person than they are. I mean, now I bet you Tom Brady spends a million dollars a year on his body. You know, he, he's he's got he hasn't eaten a piece of pizza and so long know, how you know boring it's so terrible yeah but that's how that's what it takes and and if you if i told you i would give you a hundred billion dollars you'd probably do it too i don't know for yeah. one year uh, for how many years <laughs> i don't know but i mean like lebron james he says he spends two million dollars a year on his body from you know the masseuse to the physical therapist to the psychologist he has a, a hyperbaric chamber that he takes naps in you know he drinks like nothing but top shelf wine like well, you, all these you things. had me at naps And wine. Right. But I just think it's fascinating because we're going to reach this threshold where these guys are, uh, they're defying what we ever believed to be possible. Like, I truly think Tom Brady's just going to play until like... He's 60? I mean, I don't know. His performance is going to reach a a point where it's going to start to dip, but I just don't think he's ever going to really walk away unless he gets really, really hurt. Do quarterbacks have a longer timeline in the NFL than like, let's say, you know... I don't know the other position. That's a really good question. Thank you. Uh, the answer, by and large, for right now, is yes. 
the generation of quarterbacks that Tom Brady came up with, guys like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers, they are the prototype of what was the late 90s, early 2000s quarterbacks. Big, tall, smart guys. The athleticism portion of it was not that important. Everybody thought you needed to have a six foot four, six foot five quarterback like all those guys are who had the, the mental acumen to be able to memorize defenses and break down defenses and all that. And so because of that, as long as your mind is still sharp, you can still perform because so much of what you do isn't based on your ability to run or jump or elude pass rushers or anything like that. It's just reading the picture and hitting the, the open player. But the game has evolved so much now to be all about athleticism. And you look at all the young quarterbacks, what can they all do? They can all run. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, uh, Kyler Murray, they're all super fast. And now it doesn't matter if you're tall. All those guys I just named are actually short. Because they can, it used to be you have to be able to see over the offensive right. lineman. Now you just roll out to the side. You just run over here and throw it. You don't have to see over anybody. That said, I think all those guys are going to last way less because they are going to get out in the open field and get killed. Kill, yeah. Like Sean Brady gets protected both by his offensive line and by the refs because the NFL knows that the brand needs him. Whereas there's no way to protect the Lamar Jackson. He's running in the open field. And so I just think those guys are gonna just going to get lit up and, yeah. that, and that's going to make their career. I mean, Robert Griffin III was like the front end of that. And look at him. I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy. He won the NFL Rookie of the Year. He got killed. I mean, he d- destroyed his knee two years in a row. And he's out. I mean, he's a third-string quarterback in the league now. His his window was like three years long, whereas Tom Brady's been doing right. this for like 22 years. That's a good question, though. Well, thanks. Um, speaking of knee injuries, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick. Um, okay. So he has <laughs> tweeted out that he is ready to play. And... Where is everybody? And I guess the number one draft pick is out because of an knee injury. Yeah, horrific one. Um, a horrific one. It was. Is one of those ones that was so bad that they didn't even show the replay. Um, is he out for like he's, good? Like he won't. Play? I, I mean, it's very rare that you have a complete ligament tear and he tore every ligament in his knee and they said had other structural damage too i mean the guy you know not to not to be too Tell me over the, name the top of the about his name's again. joe burrow so and he won the heisman trophy last year okay. at lsu and he's the number one overall pick okay by the cincinnati Bengals. uh he's lucky because he's young and he's a pro athlete so he's gonna have all the resources to come back but it's gonna take him a really 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 long time do you think he has saved some money so he, um, you know, <laughs> has a little nest egg and he doesn't have to worry? Well, I, I think he got somewhere close to like a $30 million signing bonus. So if he's managed to spend all that in six months, then that's impressive. Okay. But I imagine just given his makeup and, and where he comes from, I think that he's probably going to be just fine. He's okay. a pretty smart kid. Okay. Well, Colin would like to step in and be drafted. So when is the NFL draft? <laughs> well, he can't be drafted because he's already been in the league. He just needs to be signed. To signed. Start. Yeah, yeah. He, need, he could be signed at any time. Okay, well, we're, what's everyone doing? Oh what's man! The oh man! This is such a just because is it because such a the, rabbit hole? All right, we don't need to go down the no, rabbit honestly. Hole. I it, think that the number one reason Colin Kaepernick's not in the NFL has nothing to do with kneeling. Okay, it has everything to do with uh, he's not quite good enough to be elite, but he's good enough to make you think about him being your franchise quarterback. And then if you get in that position, then you're going to be stuck. Like if you were the Bengals, you just signed Kaepernick. He could only be your quarterback for a year because he's never, ever going to be better than Joe Burrow. But then if you have him on your roster, it's he's the story, and that's what you always want to avoid. Right. It's why Cam Newton had such a hard time getting a job this offseason until the Patriots signed him because 
Like him or hate him, Cam Newton is always the story. I mean, Cam Newton is an icon of black America, no question. He's an icon, period. I mean, he's one of the biggest stars in sports. But the fact that, you know, he's from Atlanta, he played in the South, he played in Carolina, and then, you know, he has his extravagant way of dressing. He comes to every press conference in, you know, these crazy suits. He's got his crazy hair. He's a very emotional guy. I love it. I think a lot of people in America love it, but I also think a lot of people in America hate it. And uh, so he had a hard time getting a job because everybody's like, well, we don't want this to be the distraction. Because when Cam Newton's on your team, Cam Newton's a part of the story no matter what Cam Listen, Newton's doing. NFL, if you're listening, all press is good press. Oh, trust me, Get they Colin know that. On. He's a good guy. And whether you believe in the kneeling or not, he's a good player, I think. I don't know. But he's been, he deserves a chance. And I, I hope they're listening to me. And my advice. I mean, we could do a, such a long segment just on this because I really think that there's so much more to the, the quarterbacks that uh, reach the point of, and it's getting better, but there, there's a lot that goes into how you become the quote-unquote golden boy quarterback. The easiest thing, football is an incredibly complex and complicated game. The easiest thing for the common fan, just somebody that's not obsessed with it like Tutel and I are, to understand is the quarterback. You're always going to be able to see the ball. You're going to see the guys throwing the ball. And so the guys that they promote and make into stars, oftentimes that's based on skill, but oftentimes it's also based on persona. It's also based on who you are. It's really easy to sell Peyton Manning to the Americans right. at large. It's a lot harder to sell Cam Newton to Americans at large. And there's a lot of, and it's, it's not just a race thing either though. I mean, there's a lot of different, uh, Jay Cutler, for example, mm-hmm. he was hard to sell, right? Because he's a he's a surly, because <laughs> he's just a surly guy, you know. He's mm-hmm. just not that he's not that marketable. Well, listen, if they are going to bring Antonio Brown back, they can oh, certainly boy. bring back Colin Kaepernick. That's all I'm going to say. Isn't all that he did was truth? kneel. Isn't that the truth? All right, I don't want to be so controversial, so I will move on to a good news story. MMA fighter Emiliano Sordi. Okay. <laughs> he won a million dollar prize. Okay. He is from um, Argentina, I believe. Mm-hmm. He donated all of that money to feeding the hungry in his country. All of it. All of it. That's amazing. He started with, like, I'm just going to buy some meals for people. And then there were so many people that needed it that he got all the permits and he donated all the money and fed all thousands of people. How sweet. What country is he from? I think it's um, Brazil, maybe? I think it's Argentina. Argentina. Yes, he's an Argentinian fighter. The COVID pandemic um, has been especially brutal in his hometown, and he started with just like a small amount of helping, and then all of a sudden, his money was gone. (laughs) But I think that's amazing. That is amazing, particularly because those guys don't make that much money relatively, like compared to professional athletes, like fighters don't make nearly as much money as football guys. No, and they take feet to the face and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, wow, that's cool. Very good, good for him. Um, Okay, and since we're talking about Thanksgiving, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, (laughs) Patrick Mahomes. You got to get this one down. He, 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 this is, he's not, he, he's not just like a football player. I know. I don't know why I have trouble. He's pop culture. I know he is. I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, he's, he, he, he decided a $500 million contract. I mean, he is. I I know this. I just cannot say his name. Listen. I think that you would really like him too. He's he's a very appealing guy. He seems lovely, but but I do have to tell you, I have a problem with something. Okay. Tell me. He wants, he, he's going to put ketchup on his turkey. (laughs) Thanksgiving. (laughs) He just told a news reporter that. 
because I guess so, he puts ketchup on everything. Okay. And he's going to put it on his turkey, and okay. I can't get on board with that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. I think it's just fine that Patrick Mahomes puts anything on his turkey. I want you to try ketchup on the turkey Thursday and let me know how it I goes. I think it's probably not going to be that good, but no, it's not going to be that disgusting. bad either. No, it sounds disgusting. No, gross. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Um, that's all I got. I got a question for you. Okay. Okay, you have two sons. Yes. Uh, almost teenager and a teenager. Yes. Okay. Do they idolize one? One's a, they're both skiers. One's a soccer player. Yeah. Do they idolize like athletes? Nick loves Ronaldo. Okay. Like big time. Like he wanted to get his ears pierced. Okay. Um, Ben, no. Ben idolizes no one except me. (laughs) Um, no. Ben doesn't, like, we'll, we'll watch ski, like, um, ski racing Uh and talk it up and no, none of that. But, but Nick loves, um, loves Ronaldo. He was really into John Cena for a little bit Mm, because he's so strong. Yep. And then after Kobe died, they mm. would talk about Kobe a lot. And so mm. I was kind of talking about Kobe because, you know, they they weren't around born yet when he was mm. Kobe. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. Does, do, do happenings in the local sporting community impact them at all? Like I'm, I'm asking because like when I was a little kid, I remember idolizing guys that like played for the Grizz, guys that played even just high school football or basketball or whatever. I remember going to Big Sky games and just loving watching some of those guys like they play soccer or I guess Nick yeah. plays soccer, right? D- does he have any knowledge that like Hellgate soccer has dominated? Like they've won four of the last no, five state but, championships. Um, our neighbor, a lot of our neighbors and their friends, like they definitely go to the Grizz games. They do that whole thing. Uh-huh. We're just not, we just aren't. You guys are skiing. We're skiing. Yeah. We don't, I, I think I've been to three Grizz games. Mm. Well, they're not really football guys. No. I was just more more about like the, the the sports that they play because oh. like Settle just won this state championship, right? Yeah, in football. And I was just wondering if that if like little kids, if like kids that are like in eighth grade, like Ben, was he seventh grade, eighth grade? Eighth grade. Yeah, if they were like, oh sweet, I get to go to the high school that like won the state football. I think if he played football, that would be so cool to him. Yeah, but yeah. he does not play football. Huh. So, but I think right. if depending on where Nick goes to high school, that would be like a big deal to him. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I don't know. We're just not, we're not tuned into that. I just wonder if kids are at all. I think they are, for okay. sure. Just okay. not my kids. Right. I am the chick who doesn't know sports. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> because, well, because Central hadn't won a state championships in 48 years, right? Yeah. And But I thought that what their coaches did, I mean, obviously when the game is coming up, that's going to be a huge narrative. All the media guys, you know, Tutel and Juanas, SWX Montana, everybody's doing all these stories like, can Sentinel break through? It's been 50 years, all this stuff. And like Dane Oliver, the head coach for Sentinel, always said, he said, these kids, it's not their fault that Sentinel hasn't won in 48 years. In fact, most of them don't even know what 48 years, they have no even right. ability to put that in perspective. So I just was wondering if if there is history that, that these kids know. I mean, I was such a weird little kid. Like I read the newspaper every single day <laughs> from front to back. So like I knew all this stuff. And uh, I think there's definitely kids who are into it, especially if their dads, you know, were it right. was their glory days, you uh, know, kind uh, of thing. But, um, you know, no. Are super dads still a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. I remember once I took Ben to a football <laughs> camp when he was like, what grade was he in? Third or fourth grade. It was down at Sentinel. 
And I pull into the parking lot and you just see all these dads and they're like Jeep Wranglers with their like wraparound shades standing outside their cars watching like, come on, man, yelling at their kids. And I'm like, hey, your glory days are over. Move on. I will say my favorite part of Friday night watching Seto win the state championship, though, was uh, when a couple of the dads came down on the field afterwards and celebrated and the kids got to hug him and. Yeah. Was, that was cool. Was I cool love moments. seeing that. And yeah. I'm bummed for those kids that they didn't get to play in front of their, like live in front of their school. Oh man. Like that, just such a bummer. Such but a bummer. my friend's daughters go to Sentinel. And so we were really excited. They're athletes. And so it's just, and they were all watching it um, at someone's house, you know, on whatever cable they could watch it on. And like, we're so excited, which mm-hmm. is awesome. I mean, I love that. I think that's so cool. Um, and I don't know when my boys are in high school, if that'll be like, will they go to football games and all that? I don't know. Mm. Well, hopefully the pandemic's over by then. Yes. Pray for that. God. So check who doesn't know sports presented by the Iron Grizz American Bistro. Give us a call right now. 361-3688. Second caller, you're going to get a gift certificate that's going to get you two Kettle House beers as well as the Iron Grizz Boil. Did you have it? Did you try it the other week? No, I actually ended up having such a bad cold. I just couldn't. I was like, I can't go until I can eat. Mm. So we're going next week. Dan is so excited for that boil. Good. It sounds as if it's delicious. But if you give us a call right now, 361-3688, you got a gift certificate for the uh, Iron Grizz boil as well as two Kettle House beers. You can go on down the Iron Grizz. They have their new winter Cajun menu out right now. Iron Grizz American Bistro attached to the University of Montana golf course right at the base of Mount Sentinel. Go give it a try today, They also have the igloo. They do have the igloo. You can go outside if you need somewhere to stash your kids while you enjoy your beer and or wine. I just think it's such a cool... You can eat in the igloo, You can just hang out and it's safe socially distance because you're just with your crew and that's what uh, we're going to do when we get out next week. I love it. Carolyn, thank you. Thank you. Two total ones, one to ninety ESPN Missoula, say what? SWX Montana Television. Hey, we're up against it. We got to get out. But we live in this great state so we can enjoy it. And if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time. That's where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keeps your business running smoothly and give you and it gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up your previous month's books. Visit blackbookkeeping.com to schedule a free consultation today. Next, send you off into your weekend. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the wind gate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the wind gate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going 
going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Hey, welcome back. Short on time, but at least we got you into your weekend with all sorts of college basketball coverage. Two Tall Nuanas, one tonight, ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. We're done for the week. Ryan Tutel will be back next week, so stay with us. Go check out grizzgreats.com. we got a new podcast up there with Joe Douglas, Hall of Fame receiver from uh, University of Montana. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We have a lot to be thankful for. Enjoy the weekend. We're out. Hello, Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.